Welcome to the 52 Love Podcast, your show for 52 love lessons in 52 weeks. Before we dive in, remember you can find the video version of this episode on YouTube along with the rest of the series. And now here's your host, Ms. Tanya Todd. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the 52 Love Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Todd. 52 Love began as a blog series last year, 52 Love Lessons in 52 Weeks. This year, we are exploring each of those tips with a new guest each week. And this week's tip is a little less romantic than some of the others. We are going to talk about voting with your partner. And though it's not the most romantic, it is very intimate. And here to talk about it are my guests, Stephen and Amanda Scanendor. Would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Hi, we're thrilled to be on the show, Tanya. Thank you. I'm Amanda Skinnendor. I'm a historical fiction author and a registered nurse. And I'm Stephen Skinnendor. I am a detective sergeant uh, here in Vegas. Well, why don't we talk about this week's tip and what it means to you to vote together? Is it something that you did before I asked you, which I know the answer to already because you were my poster children. (laughs) (laughs) But for those who don't know you, talk about what voting means to the two of you as a couple. So I think we've been um, certainly been going to the polls together um, for several election cycles. But even beyond that, uh, even before we were dating, when we first were kind of acquaintances, friends, um, politics and the election, it was the to date us, it was the 2020 election. (laughs) That was the first time both of us being able to vote in a presidential election and we were both very um, interested and active in the election. We voted for different people. (laughs) But um, but I I feel like it was a a chance for us to get to know each other better. Even again, even though we were voting for different people, sort of a common ground that we had that we were both interested in it and that interest just which election was that 20 oh no 2020 oh my gosh I thought I asked because I I swear she said 2020 but she's saying things that sound like they were not last year (laughs) no no sorry Dating ourselves is yeah. Go go back a few young. decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't date you at all. <laughs> okay, so now that we rewound, it's the yeah. two thousand election. Yeah. So go back to what you were saying. Yes. Oh, and and simply that I, you know, it was, it was like I said, it was a way for us to get to know each other better and a point of connection. That this was something that we both felt passionately about, even if we didn't feel passionately about it in the same way. So what do you mean by it was a point of connection? Um, you know, I'll try, I'll try to jump in a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was my first election. Maybe I, uh, maybe I did some voting in the midterm just prior to that. I can't actually remember that, but I, this was certainly my most, the most important um, one, the first really important one, the first presidential election I was ever able to vote in. And we're both students at UNLV, both living on the same um, floor. Um, in the dorms in the dorms yeah we're watching the debates together I mean we were uh, you know we're watching the uh, we were just involved in this whole thing together you know and you know we were just we oh, we became close over that I mean I can tell you like she said we, we voted for two different people and <laughs> this is well before we were ever dating it's just 
you know, I remember that, uh, you know, so I voted for Ralph Nader and <laughs> she was uh, unhappy that she <laughs> thought that this caused the, uh, you know, the loss of Al Gore, right? And that and the hanging chads, but yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, and so, so I actually, so it's funny because when I was thinking about um, when we were going to do this, I was thinking, I remembered this story. Uh, her and uh, our, uh, our mutual friend Jordan uh, were very unhappy with me about this, you know, <laughs> and thought I was very naive to have voted for a third party candidate um, and, you know, whatever the case was. So you are a naive college student without all of I know, yes, <laughs> yes. College student wisdom. Incredibly <laughs> idealistic. Yes. Yeah. My, yes. I, and, and they were wiser than, uh, than me, uh, certainly, um, because I, because I, I, you know, I agree with them now I've come to, you know, think that that was not the most pragmatic, um, it's all about know, way our perspective. To, true, true. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I wrote, but it's funny because I wrote them a little yeah. letter, right? I wrote them a little letter oh, uh, that was explaining my position. Really yes, I know. I, well, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was really important. Yeah. yeah. But I wrote them both a letter because I thought that my ability to articulate it in the moment was, was not as good as me sitting down, considering it and, you know, laying out the reasons for why I did what I did. You know, I don't know. It was that, that's how and you know that's, that's how you one way we connect. She's a fan of what <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. And, you know, and I have to say, I think again, it it didn't. I mean, obviously, it mattered a little, and I felt like it mattered a lot in the moment, right? When they're recounting Florida, um, you know, who Stephen voted for, but really, it was all his fault, right? <laughs> but I, I have to say, like, it it really impressed me about him. Like, this is someone that cares about things you know, beyond himself, beyond yeah. you know, playing video games, beyond just studying like about the world and is thoughtful about things. And and that it, it really impressed me and it, it stuck with me. Um, and we kind of just then, I think carried that over and, and continued to share, you know, our opinions with each other. He's always helping me stay, um, I think um, on top of things or maybe just one step behind things, you know, that are happening. <laughs> In, in the world and I really you know I really appreciate that because there is so much to to kind of see and he's got a great mind for that um and when and when election time rolls around like I'm really um focused on local stuff and I'll research the you know referendums and the amendments and the judges and so then like I can help bring that explanation to the table like as we're you know literally going through the <laughs> the ballot booklet and you know again we're not necessarily saying well I'm going to vote this way or that way but you know sharing our thoughts on the subject you know every once in a while on this show I will get this moment where I just get a little chill of oh I really picked the best couple for this particular tip <laughs> you just gave that to me <laughs> I didn't know all these background details. The reason <laughs> I invited the two of you to do this particular tip, you know, I usually assign a tip for someone and have them try it, see how it works for them as a couple, and then they share their experience about how it worked. Well, I came up with this tip on my own, but I saw a picture that Amanda posted last year of the two of you voting together, and it was just a gorgeous shot of the two of you, and it it encapsulated everything that I wanted this blog post to mean, this particular tip. And it was just, they, they are the poster children for this. I asked her permission <laughs> if, I could, if I could use it as what I, you know, the photo for the blog. And she said yes. And when 
it became, you know, at that point, it still wasn't in the plans to become a podcast. But it, as soon as I be became a podcast host, I was like, I need you to for this tip. <laughs> and it's 11 months away, but I'd like to yeah. see it now. <laughs> yeah. We booked very far out. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, I book very far out. <laughs> so what are your plans for this voting cycle? So, you know, I think this next month is not a big voting cycle here in Nevada, but certainly 2022 will be, and um, we'll be, you know, I think, again, kind of helping each other as we th see things about the different candidates and mm -hmm. see um, uh, other races, I know <laughs> this might not be a popular thing, but you know, we'll look at other races around the country and see where they need funds and we'll send them funds you know, to, kind of, <laughs> um, to help you know, shape the vision of America that we think will be a better, a better America. Well, that's um, interesting. You don't just focus on what's in your local community. You, I mean, you obviously do care a great deal about that, but that's not where your interest ends. Yeah, and that's, I think, something new last year. Um, we, you know, beyond like presidential things, we had just always focused, you know, who is our senator, who is our congressperson. Mm -hmm. um, but with such slim margins in the, you know, um, national legislature, it seems important. Um, sometimes some of these other races matter, and they did matter um, in 2020. Yeah, and I'll kind of go into that a little bit further. We, you know, we thought we wanted to contribute to different, uh, I guess, different state Senate candidates. And so we thought, okay, well, how much money can we actually spend to do this? And, you know, we ended up coming up with a number and then I, we kind of floated the idea that, okay, how can we, maybe we can make this like a matching thing and we can, uh, send out an email to our family and friends and people that we know we're not, you know, without, without, with no judgment, very clearly mm -hmm. with no judgment, yeah. um, we will match anything you put on these particular candidates. It was very close Senate races that we, that we wanted to um, support. And we prioritized those over ones that we, uh, like, for example, most wished for, but we didn't think were very likely. We prioritized ones that we thought actually were very close and that we might might help tip the balance, right? And mm -hmm. so we, that's that's kind of what we did as a strategy. We sent out this email to, I don't know, probably 15 people or something like that and said, we will match anything you do up to this on these candidates. Let us let us know, show, you know, send us that you send something there and we will match yeah. it. And nothing you know? is too small, right? <clears throat> yeah, mm -hmm. you know, for sure. And what was neat is we then had I think it was two other people yeah. say, you know what, we'll all, we're in, we'll match anything else anybody else gives. Yeah. And so you so inspired be, others. Yes, yeah. I, it kind of, it multiplied itself yeah. several times over and it was, it was a total success. It was so I was neat. so surprised. Yeah, because you know? we were really yeah. nervous, right? Like it's one mm -hmm. thing to, I think, have political discussions with the person, your, your, your partner, right? But then right. to sort of you know, floated out to your family. Outside and, the safety of your home. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I, 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 we didn't want to offend anyone. We didn't want to create any ill will or anything like that. Politics is delicate enough. And there's, there's a lot of tension and I think ugliness to it. We didn't, we didn't want to add anything like that to 
to what was already there. We just wanted to um, to raise money for something that we thought was important. And, and it just, it turned out to be so inspiring for us, like to see that people were also enthusiastic about it and to feel like we were making a difference or even if we didn't make a difference because, um, you know, we of course <laughs> watched the election results that evening and it wasn't clear whether or not this money that we had raised was gonna make a difference. But I still felt like, we saw something that we wanted to to contribute to, mm -hmm. and and we were we took a step. We were active. We um, we didn't just you know give up and say you know like my vote doesn't matter or this doesn't matter. Um, even just trying to do that and getting other people to do that, it, it felt like a win, regardless. I do want to. You prompted two thoughts here. Number one, do you think of yourself as an activist? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, you, say, you obviously are, but not everyone thinks of themselves that way. So yeah. I was curious, yeah. do you, do you find your, do you define yourself that way? Yes. Yes. And we do. So like beyond voting, we, we went to the women's March together in um, 2017 and we, you know, we've, we've done other, like lo lots of other like local marches. That's fantastic. That the only time we traveled, but like, <laughs> I don't, I, I think that's very, you know, even, even beyond voting, I actually would say like doing something like that with your partner. Um, and it's not always like, sometimes it's a cause that's really important to me and maybe like sort of important to Steven or vice versa, mm -hmm. but there's something about the other person like physically showing up with you. Um, yes. That's, that's incredible. That just makes you feel so supportive, so loved, so heard, you know, <laughs> that, that they recognize what's important to you. Um, yes. And, you know, and they're willing to, to like literally stand beside you. Um, so I will say that's, you know, to, I guess, add a second thing onto the vote together, I would say like march together. <laughs> <laughs> march together, I love that. That is actually one of the tips that was inspired by some oh, of the protests last year. There, it was, you know, it was a challenge to continue the blog posts um, of amid all of the things that were going on last year. Yeah, yeah. And when the universe was telling me, keep going, I was inspired to write one about do something for charity together, march together, mm -hmm. protest together, give together, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it yeah. might be that you let your partner choose a cause and you support your partner with that cause, or it might be something that matters to both of you and you go out and you fight together, but it does bring you closer together. Yeah, and it yeah. sounds like you would be the poster child for that one too. <laughs> no, I think that's really important. I mean, I, I actually had a little memory pop up uh, on my Facebook posts of I think it was five years ago or something, but we were, uh, Amanda really wanted to uh, try to go out there and encourage people to vote, but she mm. didn't, you know, but it was, but she was very apprehensive about knocking on somebody's door and talking mm -hmm. to them about voting or whatever. And, and so she asked me to come with her and, and do this with her. And so we did, we spent mm -hmm. a couple of days going out there and knocking on some doors. And we kind of got a little bit of teaching from the, from the folks at the, at the headquarters or yeah. whatever about how to go about doing this. And just letting and, people know, like, yeah. this is this, these are the dates of early voting. This is how you early <laughs> vote. This is how you can mail vote, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Which isn't influencing them what way to right. vote. It's just, hey, I'm making sure you know the options, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's also, I mean, for example, I went to me and my whole family, uh, Amanda wasn't able to make it out there, but we we went to Standing Rock when uh, this, there was the Standing Rock protests going on out there. That was very 
a big issue for me, very, uh, an issue very close to my heart. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, I, I know that. Can you share it with us for those who don't know? Yes. Uh, what the protest was about and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was about uh, if uh, folks maybe rem will remember the pipeline that was going through uh, the Missouri River just north of the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. Uh, the the fight over that was, you know, everybody kind of had their own uh, different reasons for being there and whatnot. But but the fight over it for me was that the original plan was that the pipeline would go across the Missouri River in the exact same way north of Bismarck. And when Bismarck thought that that was an unsafe thing for their water to, to have as a threat to them, they moved it south and they moved it um, so that it would affect the water of the Standing Rock uh, natives out there. And so when the natives of Standing Rock saw the same problems with the mm -hmm. safety of that, they, those concerns were disregarded. Um, and there was also issues about um, the land, there was issues about, uh, you know, just different environmental concerns. And this is also, I think, maybe folks may remember where there was a, where they're you know, spraying water on protests and, you know, freezing temperatures. This is that, that issue. Those, those we were actually there for those days. My, I, I wasn't one of the frontline folks on that. My brother was, but that's, that's the, um, the issue. That was the activism that we took on those days. Um, and like I said, Amanda wasn't able to, to be there, but I don't know. I think when we find things that are going to be very important to us, I think that mm -hmm. we, we try to not just be people on the sidelines of that, but that we do try to try to uh, affect the change. Uh, I love how you incorporate needed. your families into this, that it's not mm -hmm. just the two of you. You know that you're stronger with your family involved, you know? Mm -hmm. No and that brings me to the other thing that you triggered earlier, Amanda, that you were saying you didn't think that you made a difference, but obviously you did. Maybe it didn't affect the change you wanted for the election, but you involved other people. And every That's time true. you do that, you get them thinking about this stuff and you don't know who they're talking to and who yeah. it's going to affect in their immediate circles and where this ripple will go. Mm -hmm. You did make a difference. You just maybe can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That thank you. That is that's a, that's a really great way to think about that. You also mentioned that you do a lot of research before you vote. Hmm. Do you two do that together, or is that part of your love of research? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that Stephen is—he's just an avid reader, so he's always reading about like national issues. Mm -hmm. um, but then you, you know, like you go to vote, and at least here in. Nevada, um, like there were what, like 30 or 40 judges that were on our election ballot last year. I mean, that's just, how do you, how do you find right. information about these things? And so I, sometimes I think that's a little bit harder, but I, I hate to go and vote for someone that I know nothing about. Right. Right. So, so then I was, so, so I kind of take on that role and I, I look for, um, the Nevada Independent, of course, is a wonderful place to find information, you know, any any election cycle, you know, locally about those sorts of things. So I'm looking there, I'm looking at, you know, other statements that have come out. Sometimes, you know, when it's like small candidates for like council people or um, our, you know, state assembly or senate, like then you can find, sometimes they'll fill out interviews. So I'm like trying to find those sorts of things um, to kind of, and then sort of sharing um, 
sharing that with, with Steve. And I also will share that with, <laughs> with my friends. Some of, my, some of the friends that ask, I'll share that with the, they'll like say, Amanda, who are, who are you? <laughs> but I just always say, well, I try to tell them the whole thing. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing this because I mm. saw this and I read this and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. One of the um, things I particularly love about the two of you that I'm hearing just in these few minutes is that you are so passionate about these causes, but you're not trying to sway people to vote with you. You're just trying to get them involved and give them the information. And, you know, fingers crossed, they agree with you, but that's not, that's not your goal. Your goal is not to get them to agree with you. Your goal is to get them to be part of it. Yes, yeah. And to be informed enough to be a, a productive part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe I would rephrase it just a little bit is that we, you know, I or at least just for me, I, I think that I want to persuade them to a certain, uh, I want to I persuade them. I don't want to browbeat anybody. I don't, you know, I want them to come to their, their own conclusions about certain mm -hmm. things. But I also just don't want to be somebody who is com constantly avoiding the, mm -hmm. those, uh, talking about those tough issues and stuff like that. Like, I want to be able to talk to them. I do want to persuade them. I don't, yeah, I don't want to shame somebody into voting one way or, or browbeat them, like I said, into voting one way, but I do, you know, want to educate that the folks into, into, into things that I've learned or, or whatever the case is. And, and um, like I said, we spend time trying to, trying to understand these issues and yeah, we, we do discuss those quite a bit. Yeah. So before we move on to discussing Amanda's books, do you have anything you would like to, to say to persuade the viewers and the listeners? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now's your chance, Stephen. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, I think uh, if you want to educate yourself about local politics, I like I said, it's like she said, it's very difficult mm -hmm. to do that. One thing I will say is the Nevada Independent is such an incredible resource. I mean, to learn about these thirty judges, they brought together several yeah. different attorneys that work with these folks and judges they brought and, yeah, yeah different other judges that are colleagues of these folks and they Law professors you know asked them certain questions mm -hmm. to, to to help understand how they would judge and how how we would you know how we as a society are to come to expect what they're going to do in that mm -hmm. position i mean there's there's no other place you could have gotten that there's no other place you know what i mean unless you personally mm -hmm. met all of these folks you know and that's uh, that's a challenge possibility yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean that would be one thing i would suggest is really is to use them um i don't know the rj maybe is a little bit more general but they are they are a, a investigative journalism very in-depth reporting on local issues the nevada independent the nevada speaking. independent he's not speaking Sorry, about yes. the RJ. <laughs> yes the nevada independent yeah it's and it's it's fairly new i mean i want to say that they launched three years ago or four years yeah. ago or something like that and and we find them to be an invaluable resource. Yeah. yeah. And then I just have a side, a, you just prompted another thing that I'd like to ask you about, Stephen. Yes, <laughs> Amanda sir. shared with us how she feels more connected to you by going through this process and discussing these matters together, but I'd like to hear your side of that. Yes, so she, uh, she does, she does go through and do a lot of research on this on these local things. I think one thing she did leave out that I'll add is that when there's referendum in particular, when there's these referendums that come up, 
we do discuss that pretty in depth, each one of them, you know, every, every four years or so, there's always, you know, there's always, I don't know, four or six or seven uh, referendums that come up. And, and I think we do those, those we do discuss very in depth and, and try to, I don't know. Part, I, parse out the language because it's yeah. pretty opaque. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Intentionally. Yes, <laughs> yes very true. <laughs> yeah. What do you do when you disagree? How do you handle it? We've evolved, I will say. (laughs) I guess I I I haven't written her a letter recently, like we did that first time. And and the the first big argument that we got in was was about that um, 2000 election, actually, (laughs) after the fact, way after the fact, like three or four years. So after you were a couple, you got into an argument? (laughs) Yeah, after, I mean, Bush was already president for several years, so we... You got to figure out about that. And, but I, you know what? I think that that was a good lesson, you know, and I'm kind of happy that it happened early in our relationship because um, I think po- like politics can get really ugly and somehow it's easy to attack the person, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a lesson I think for me because I, I was definitely in the wrong in this particular argument. <laughs> and, um, you know, like- We have it on record. <laughs> this one time. <laughs> Um, but you know, like, don't, don't take it to that level, to that personal level where you're attacking someone's character or, you know, um, belief system, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you can have these conversations in a positive way, um, that like, again, that can bring you closer together. Um, but that was definitely a lesson I think we had to learn early on, uh, because there is a tendency just, just when you care so much about something, I think to go too far. Um, so, you know, I would say now, since then we, um, we've done a lot better. Um, for sure. With our <laughs> for sure. Political, <laughs> political disagreements. And we, you know, I mean, we, they, the others have come up um, over the years. And I think the other part of that about not taking it personally is sometimes there's a feeling of, well, if you don't support this issue or you don't support this candidate, you don't support me or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's so that's so limited, so limited of a view, right? Like it's not fair to put that on the other person when right. they have a myriad of other reasons that they are looking at it in a different way or supporting a different thing, not because <laughs> because they don't love you. And you know, and that's that's also something that we've we <laughs> have had to learn. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll read this um, every once in a while we'll, we'll read this uh, column called the ethicist. And what they'll do is people will write in and they'll give these ethical dilemmas and they'll ask this uh, person who, you know, tries to answer these things, uh, what their, what the response is. And, you know, one thing we try to do when we do that, and I think this is good, like prep for us when we do disagree on certain things is to identify when, uh, when there are very valuable interests at stake that are competing against one another. You know what I mean? Whether, mm-hmm. whether that be honesty on one side, um, and also just kindness on the other, for example, if you're asking, right, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they could be, but in any difficult question, there are going to be, you know, competing interests Mm -hmm. that are, that are both going to be very valuable and people are going to weigh those values quite differently. And that's oftentimes how they come to different conclusions. And, and like she said, I mean, that's part of, I think what's uh, causing a lot of friction nationally and about all this stuff is just, we try to make out the other person to 
be evil in some way. And that's, that's obviously not the, the case. It's just, you know, the values of these competing interests are weighed differently. And, you know, yeah. I think to have the humility to understand that somebody can just think or believe differently than you and that and not to, yeah. you know, ostracize them because of that. I think that's, Real I don't point. know. Yeah. Do the two of you have any rituals for after you vote together? We wear the sticker, we take a picture. Yeah. I did yeah. really like in, in your blog post, Tanya, though, I really like that you mentioned like to make kind of an event of it. And um, you know, maybe, maybe go to dinner afterward, or um, you know, certainly I suppose an, a ritual that happens afterward is we watch the election together, we watch the results. Mm. Um yeah. kind of obsessively <laughs> like create a little war we create a little war room and we got a computer up and i got you know so that we can yeah. see beyond what's on the tv like what yeah. are other people saying no. and it's true but so you do make a night of it we do yeah. we do yeah. it's um, not well that's done <laughs> let's go watch tv we make a night of it yeah. so, you know. yeah. I find that ice cream is always a nice treat after you vote. There yes, you yes, I, I like that. First, I like ice cream after pretty much anything I do. <laughs> ice cream after, yeah, it's a great, that's a great after anything. Ice cream after ice cream, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about your books, Amanda. What is the most recent book that you've published? Uh, my most recent book is The Second Life of Muriel West. It's a story about a woman who's unexpectedly diagnosed with leprosy in the 1920s and her experience um, at a quarantine hospital in Louisiana. Now, what prompted you to write a story about that? So I think with, with all of my books, I'm interested in parts of history that, that I didn't know about or that I knew very mm -hmm. little about. And certainly um, leprosy in America was something I knew nothing about even being a registered nurse. But beyond that, I think what really struck me about this particular book was the stigma of the disease and how much weight um, this, that stigma was given, uh, even above the science um, and that, you know, then the resulting injustice. And so that's definitely something I think that sort of carries through with all of my books is, again, it's something that I didn't know, something that I didn't learn in my history classes, but just that seems really relevant to today. Like I said, I write historical fiction, but I I think the past has a lot to, to tell us and, and show us about our lives today. So I try to, to find those things that at least for me are, I think helping me see my, my present day life with a little bit more clarity. So what did you learn that prompted you to write the other books? My first book, Between Earth and Sky, is about the Native American boarding schools that the government had set up um, around beginning at the, latter part of the 19th century all the way through the beginning of the 20th century. And then of course the, the horrible um, fallout from that, all of the, the ways that the government and the people involved, wasn't just the government, but um, robbed generations of Native American children of their culture and their identity and their sense of self in, in, in a very like intentional um, way. And so again, that was something that I had never heard about and just thought, oh my gosh, you know, and again, something that you can see just still affecting us today. Um, right, because you wrote that book before it came out in the news. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that, yeah, that book um, 
came out in 2018. So before before all of this, yes, about the the mass graves. Um, so it was unfortunate. Like I read that, you know, about what they found in Canada, and I'm sure what we'll find here. And it was not at all surprising to me that that unfortunately. The other thing too about the origin the origins of mm -hmm. of that book is that she my mom was in a boarding school, and so she talked with my mom yeah. about being in Indian boarding school, and that you know she was. She was so surprised that yeah. that existed yeah. and so surprised that that was happening. And so or this recent. Yes. yes, yes, right. Yeah, yes. Yes, very true. Yeah, we yeah. think of that as the history, but as history, but uh, it's yeah, right. You know, I mean, my mother. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that when because I was with his mother when I first I saw these pictures of these kids in military garb that had been out of boarding school. And I said, what is this? And she explained it to me. And I think that was part of this feeling of like, I know nothing about this, but for her, it was just this her very life. sad reality. Yes, like, yeah, um, and, and that so that that dichotomy like really struck me. Like, that's not that is not fair for Native Americans to bear the weight the weight of this completely. You know, this right. horrible truth. Like, I don't know. There needs to be a, a more collective mm -hmm. reckoning. That and it shouldn't be that we're just now finding out about these things. This is not something that should have yeah, been swept yeah. under the carpet for yeah, centuries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's amazing to me the things that we're still mm -hmm. learning. Yeah, which brings yeah, me yeah. to your second book. What what was that book? Yeah, um, <laughs> and that that book is probably the most. I mean, I, it is not political, but it is about political things and voting. Um, it's called The Undertaker's Assistant and it's set in New Orleans in the Reconstruction era. So like 1876, right as all of the, the progress that had been made during Reconstruction where you had um, African-American senators, um, assemblymen, statesmen, both on the national and like local levels. And then this systematic um, terror that white people sort of, um, came through and, and swept all of that away in this very, very quick, um, <clears throat> horrific kind of um, wave that then, of course, resulted in Jim Crow and, uh, you know, 100 years plus. I mean, it's still going on. The voter disenfranchisement is still going on. But, you know, so um, that again, that was something like I learned so much about the Civil War and there was nothing about um, Reconstruction except these like kind of throw offs about carpetbaggers and things like that and this mm -hmm. you know the, the, this perception of greed and that's why that the reconstruction governments failed and you know that's just not true um and you know and then the more i was sort of digging into that the more i thought you know how, how come you know i can name these these civil war generals or these battlefields but i can't name these these amazing senators like pbs pinchback he was the governor of louisiana in 1872 like that's amazing he was a free man of color before the war like these these are american heroes why aren't we learning about them and so that's a little bit what the, the book encompasses i read in the review journal someone i think it was scott dickensheets wrote that you seem to have this I don't know, like you you're, have a psychic ability to predict <laughs> these things that we're going to uncover in our history. And it makes me a little worried about what, what's your next book going to be? <laughs> like, what do we need to prepare for now? <laughs> I don't think my next book is, is, is prescient at all. My next book is um, <laughs> a lighter, you know, I wrote it during the pandemic. And so I wanted to like 
read lighter things. So I wrote something that's a bit lighter too. <laughs> Are you allowed to share anything oh, about the topic? Um, the, yes, it's the um, called The Nurse's Secret. And it's about the um, first nursing school in America in 1880s New York at Bellevue Hospital. But it's actually kind of centered around a thief in hiding at the school <laughs> who uncovers a murder, <laughs> a murder. So it's a little bit of a murder mystery um, at this hospital. That's a word you don't want to hear from a prescient author. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Is there any element of things that you hadn't known from history in this book too? Does it follow that theme or is it separate from that? You know, a, a little bit. I think I was, I being a nurse, I was sort of interested in our origin story, if you will. And, you know, I was very, very, a little bit surprised to know, like in the beginning, nurses were just, I mean, they were recruited from like workhouses and prisons. They, um, you know, were, were drunks. They would steal the patient's um, <laughs> medicines. And, and then when there was this transformation, they, they kind of, I would say overshot a little bit and became like a very, very narrow definition of what then would make a good nurse. And that was someone mm -hmm. that was of course, Christian and that um, was not married and certainly not divorced and, um, you know, was of good breeding. And so then you kind of, and of course, also a woman and, and you know, heterosexual, all of these, these very narrow things, mm -hmm. white, of, you know, like just so, right. <laughs> um, and, and then I think we've spent a lot of time nursing, um, overcoming that. And then also overcoming this uh, at the same time, right? You, you have the medical community, doctors who are men and they they're they're very threatened by this emergence of all of a sudden nurses who who know a little bit about medicine and they're afraid they're gonna you know try to whittle their way into or weasel their way into um, becoming doctors and they don't want that and so then you you develop this very um disproportionately weighted system of you know um complete obedience that the nurses must have for the physicians and and I still that that is still something that we're struggling also with today so so in that way I was I was interested in but they were things that were new to me and interesting um I hope they'll be interesting to a broader a broader audience as well sounds fascinating it really does <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up it occurred to me while you were going through that, that the two of you, you it's because you mentioned that you were a nurse mm -hmm. and you happen to be a nurse of infectious disease, right? Mm -hmm. And Stephen, you're a police officer. So we just, you know, this historic year that we just, <laughs> that we're still kind of like hanging on to. Yeah. Yeah. How did the two of you find a way to stick together and help each other through that? Um, you know, I think you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think about um, uh, the George Floyd protests that we had mm -hmm. last year and man, that was, that was taxing and it was a lot of work and it was uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough time, you know what I mean? For this country and, and for us and, and, you know, and I think of then the beginning of the pandemic and the amount of Amanda, you know, would generally work uh, as a nurse, maybe one or two days a week leading up to that. But then this pandemic hit and she is a full-time nurse on the front lines dealing with this pandemic. Right. And 
Yeah, we because you were taking a more. step back to write more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it didn't really materialize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're right to think that 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 is that is what occurred. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it was to me. Even you just bringing it up, I was I had kind of forgotten about that a little bit because we're back to you know something more akin to what's normal or maybe we've normalized what what's been happening but yeah I think that's uh, that was a difficult year yeah I think yeah. you're probably right yeah yeah um no, it had to be taxing on the two of you but I look For at your sure. smiling faces sure. yeah. you obviously made it through what is your yeah. secret because I, I can't imagine the situation being any more challenging for you two mm. <laughs> like you had to deal with it on so many different mm. ends mm. What do you think, Deb? Um, you know, I think recognizing, you know, you, you uh, I don't want to get too too far afield here, but, you know, brought up, or I suppose you brought up George, George Floyd, right? Like, we 100% support those protests too, right? So it's this, but at the same time, it's also Stephen's job to be on the other side of that right. protest, right? So, it, so it, it's a tricky place. And I think recognizing that, like recognizing that there is a struggle kind of on top of a struggle, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then just- it, it does. And it goes to what Stephen was saying that there can be valid points on both mm-hmm. sides of issues and you need to look at all of the aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And then to, to add that you are also a police officer of color. You're not, yeah. you know, like you have that intersection yeah. going into it as well. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because when I think about the uh, Standing Rock protest that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. people would ask me, okay, how can you as a police officer be going up there? And, you know, and how do I deal with that, that uh, being on the other side or what, how do I deal with that? You know, and I thought, well, what I would tell people is, well, the, the thing about that issue, the thing about the pipeline issue is that the police are not the, uh, are not the enemy, are not the thing that we're trying to stop from occurring. It's, they right. weren't the issue. You know what I mean? Like in some ways they became the issue uh, because you, you saw very um, you know, viral videos about their tactics and, and whatnot, but they weren't the issue. They weren't our, op- our opposition. The opposition was this, uh, this pipeline. You know what I mean? Like that was mm-hmm. kind of the issue. And but that was that was not what what had occurred with with George Floyd, right? I mean, that was we we were the issue. We were the 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 thing that needed to be, um, you know, that was that that the community that society was trying to change and, and trying to adjust. And you know, and with Amanda too, <laughs> you know, it was you know, you're right that to think it was very mentally challenging because you know people were in disbelief also and continue to be in disbelief of of you know people who were. You know, not believing numbers that that people are are dying of this you know right. this pandemic and and uh, you know I mean my, 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 I'm like I'm like my wife's the one that's reporting these numbers to this you know what I mean like this is not some news station that yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know I mean just uh, I mean a lot of support for each yeah. other I mean certainly she supported me and and certainly you know it's it's tough too I think talking about these issues are really important her her sister and all her young friends it was probably a group of I don't yeah know. our nieces and yeah their their pod <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. yeah yeah they they wanted to ask me about really difficult questions about what police officers do and I was you know, they, I obviously they live made in, time. in Minnesota yes so they, they live right in Minnesota very, yeah um, right in Minneapolis yeah. yeah and so I so you know so I mean 
talking about that and and talking about some of the the hard truths about about sounds like they were blessed to have you as a resource i i hope so i hope i had the right words i hope i you know i mean i i don't i didn't want to um make them think that the world is perfect and i didn't want to to you know shield them from from understanding how difficult life is you know mm-hmm. but um i hope so i hope i had the right words yeah and i think sometimes that support can be like not talking about it too just understanding mm-hmm. like that steven you know is being asked by so many people because he's in this sort of unique like you said right. intersection and that i you know letting the home be a, a space where he can where sometimes we don't talk about that, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then he would let me just talk about the COVID numbers all the time. <laughs> that's, that's one funny. way to not have to talk about what's bothering him. <laughs> yes, that's yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> so, That was my contribution. We just found the answer, everyone. <laughs> uh, we got to the root of that issue. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you both for sharing this vulnerable side of yourselves with me because this wasn't one of the you know the riskier tips but it can be it can feel very vulnerable to discuss something like this and to share these intimate details of your lives and I appreciate you being so open about it we're really thrilled to be on the show and we thank you for for what you're doing and asking the important questions (laughs) thank you Tanya but I'm not, you know, you've inspired me to be more involved in getting the community. You're like, I want to get on your list, man. <laughs> I need to make sure I'm on her research. Find out. I'm not going to ask you who you're voting for because I think that's a very private thing. But I will, I will ask, what did your research find? Happy Add to me to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please share with the audience where they can find you and connect with you and your, your books? Yeah, um, I have a website, amandaskinandora.com, and I'm um, Facebook, Instagram, probably Instagram the most, Twitter very irregularly, um, just at amandaskinandora. And Stephen is on Facebook too. Oh, and my books um, are available wherever books are sold, but always check with your indie bookstore first. (laughs) This last book just recently, uh, this last book was put into Walmarts and Sam's Clubs. I'm getting pictures of that all around the country. I'm like, oh my goodness. That must be so fun to receive photos like that. that What has your book? Unbelievable. That reminds me, I that's need to post a picture of me with your book. <laughs> oh, that's, that is the best picture. <laughs> Stephen, do you have any social media you wish to share? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. It's <laughs> okay, fine. I, just, no, I, don't, I, I don't want really to exclude you, but. No, it's okay. Yeah. Thank you, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. If you did, please like and share the episode and give Stephen and Amanda some love in the comments. And until next time, remember to treat love as a verb.